Welcome to Gnostic Insights. My name is Dr. Sid Rock, and I'm your host. Welcome back to Gnostic Insights. Last week, we started a discussion concerning why the consciousness of the Pleroma had to come on down to this fallen creation. Why didn't the consciousness of the Pleroma stay up above in the ethereal plane? We looked at the end of chapter 5 and the beginning of chapter 6 of the Tripartite Tractate, to set up the answer that we're going to carry forward through today. We didn't quite finish laying the groundwork. We haven't completed all of the reading out of the Tripartite Tractate. Now we're in Chapter 6 of the Tripartite Tractate, and we'll look at a couple of more verses, and then we'll see how we can answer this listener's question. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, and that one's called the birth and nature of Logos, you probably want to go back and go ahead and listen to that episode before listening to this episode to have a fuller picture of what we're talking about. I'm so glad that so many of you have started to write to me, and I do enjoy corresponding with you, and you ask important questions. And if you've got that question, other people have that question too. It's helpful for all of us. And so today's episode is stimulated by an email I received from one of my regular listeners now. And she first came to us through the Astronosis Conference. Once again, thank you to Miguel Connor for that opportunity. But here's what her question is. She was listening to the podcast episode called Whence Cometh Consciousness which you can find at the Episodes tab, where all of the previous episodes are listed in order of their broadcast date. And she said that it stimulated a question for her. She says, I'm sure you have covered this within your Gnostic primer, but what is the point of consciousness imbuing the mud? Why not just stay ethereal? Why would God want to imbue the Demiurge's molecular creation with consciousness? Okay, that was a very good question, and it took me a minute to realize that what she's talking about is this. Here's what I interpret the question to be. Why did consciousness fall all the way down into this material cosmos as we know it? Why did my spirit decide to incarnate as a human down here? So why am I down here and not up there? Why did this all happen down here? Why did they send, in other words, the second order of powers to bring life and light into the dead material creation of the Demiurge? And I think when she says the word God, she means Father. 
when her question says, why would God want to imbue the demiurge's molecular creation? And so that would be, why would the Father, or why would the fullness of God, you could say, want to imbue this creation down here that we are knowing by now is made by the Creator God, who is called also the Demiurge, as well as Jehovah being one word that he is called. But he is the Creator God of this material universe. And remember, he controls this universe through strict bonds, through commands and bonds, and no questions asked. And that is how it is that he leveled up creation from the subatomic all the way up to the aggregations of the minerals and the elements. There are previous episodes that describe what I just said to you. One of them is called uh, The Demiurge's Strings of Power. That's a good one. You can start there. So the question is, why? Who? Let's say, let's say that's the, you know, we are the fruit. We second order of powers, which is all living things on the planet or actually in the creation in cosmos, however big that is. Why were the second order fruit sent down? Why didn't everyone in the Pleroma just keep their fruit to themselves and forget about the fall, forget about this uh, shadowy world down here, which was only hard rocks and elements at the time, the eons of the hierarchy of God, also known as the fullness, also known as the Pleroma. Why did they send their fruit down here to be tortured and slowly degrade and then die? Oh, thanks loads, right? Okay, here's the answer. I'm going to be reading from the Tripartite Tractate of the Nag Hammadi. And this is that uh, version that's posted online for free over at gnosis.org. And then you look up Nag Hammadi and then the Tripartite Tractate. Carrying on. The Father and the Totalities drew away from him. So that, that is from the Fallen Logos. The Father and the Totalities drew away from the results of the fall so that the limit which the Father had set might be established, and that limit we call the boundary. Because the Father didn't want this change that's going on down below, ethereal into material, he didn't want it infecting back up the stream in somehow affecting the Pleroma or Paradise. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? That's the Las Vegas Chamber of Commerce motto. What happens on Earth stays on Earth. What happens in the cosmos stays in the cosmos. It's the same motto. So, the Father and the Totalities drew away from him, the fallen Logos, so that the limit which the Father might set was established, that is the boundary around material, for it is not from grasping the incomprehensibility, but by the will of the Father. And furthermore, they withdrew so that the things which have come to be might become an organization which would come into being. So, Logos fell. The ethereal plane withdrew quickly, threw up a hard boundary, so that what came into being down here can be manifesting itself in the form of a hierarchy, in the form of an ecology. And I've talked about this before on Gnostic Insights, that you cannot have an ecology in an open system. You have to have an ecology within a closed system. 
you know, when the biologist wants to prod the bacteria into growing themselves into a colony, they do it in a smallish Petri dish, which is a hard body with a lid and a bottom. That's how they form the colony. You can't just let those bacteria spread all over creation. If you want them to form a colony, they won't be able to find each other. And that is the purpose of the boundary. So again, so that the things which have come to be might become an organization which would come into being. Okay. If it were to come, it would not come into being by the manifestation of the pleroma. So the pleroma up above was not going to directly manifest themselves as hard-bodied things down here in the material universe, it says, because they need to stay ethereal. Therefore, it is not fitting to criticize the movement which is the Logos, but it is fitting that we should say about the movement of the Logos that it is a cause of an organization which had been destined to come about. The Logos himself caused it to happen, being complete and unitary, for the glory of the Father, whom he desired, and he did so being content with it, but those whom he wished to take hold of firmly, that is his offspring, he begot in shadows and copies and likenesses, for he was not able to bear the sight of the light, but he looked into the depth, and he doubted. Out of this arose division. He became deeply troubled and a turning away because of his self-doubt and his division, his forgetfulness and ignorance of himself and of that which he is. His self-exaltation and his expectation of comprehending the incomprehensible became firm for him and was in him. But the sicknesses followed him, and he went beyond himself, having come into being from self-doubt, namely from the fact that he did not reach the attainment of the glories of the Father, the one whose exalted status is among things unlimited. This one did not attain him, for he did not, that is the Father, receive him, the Logos. The one whom he himself brought forth as a unitary eon, that is the eon named Logos, brought himself forth as a unitary eon, okay, without the consent of the other pleroma. He rushed up to that which is his and his kin of his in the pleroma, abandoned him who came to be in the defect, and that is down here in the fall, along with those who had come forth from him in an imaginary way, since they are not his. So these things that came out of, and I always use the terminology, rolled out of the fallen body of the Logos who fell, he didn't know them. They weren't part of him anymore. They, they, they were cut off. You know how I was saying that the Holy Spirit flows down through everything by means of extension? The material cut off. There was no extension into it. And it cut off from the Logos, who was still up above. So he withdrew up to the up above, leaving behind the severed, cut up, and broken body that he no longer knew. They were not his children. So the Logos, the Aeonic Logos, who is himself a fractal reflection of the Pleroma, but who acted without the consent of the Pleroma, 
He's not down here. That is not the God of this universe. The God of this universe is what broke open after the eon fell. The eon is on the other side of that divide. The one who fell has become the demiurge. The one who fell is an order of magnitude smaller than the eons are. And the archons, the bits that rolled out of the pleroma of the demiurge, the hierarchy of the demiurge wouldn't hold. So they're all loose and rolling around. And when the demiurge down here became aware that he got right to business, he got right to work, bringing order out of chaos and creating what we know as this material plane. So instead of thinking of the Demiurge as a bad guy, we need to think of him as the separated ego of the eon known as Logos. The eon known as Logos is sitting back up there waiting for this broken part to come home. And the broken part is the unfettered ego of the Demiurge. And he can't go back home because he has amnesia, because he's cut off. He's lost in confusion. He doesn't know who he is or where he came from. And in fact, he thinks there's all that there is. He doesn't remember. He can't smell the fragrance of the father or the pleroma or his better self, his better nature, the one up there in the pleroma. So we shouldn't abandon. We don't want to abandon. And so now I finally get around to the answer to this episode's question. Why come down at all? Well, apparently that was so that the children of the eons up there bouncing around happily in paradise thought it would be a fun idea to be materially manifest. Apparently, that, that, that is the upshot of the economy that has come about, except it's not manifest yet because what really happened was, that was probably the goal of Logos. But instead, that, that didn't happen. Logos fell, and what we have is this knockoff version of paradise. And we have our aeonic subselves. We are our personalities, which still exist up there. We are fruit of up there. We find ourselves yoked to the body of the broken demiurge. And I think now that the purpose of our being incarnated is to become loving, and to show mercy and compassion and love to all of our other second-order creatures down here. And it is through love that the Archons come on board. It is through love that the broken body of the Demiurge can be reclaimed, one instantiated second-order power at a time, from the smallest through the largest. That is our mission, to bring love to the fall and thereby to redeem the Demiurge. Thankfully, we have the help of the Christ. See, those of us who are Christian Gnostics, we believe we have the help of the Christ. The Christ already brought the correction for all of the fall to creation, and we have that within us, in ourselves. So we have the ability to bring Christ's love to our bodies first. That's why we want to have a virtuous life, have a righteous life. Get your eight hours of sleep. Eat good food. Stay off of sugar. 
Don't overdo the drugs. The things to be good to your body. That's the way you're good to the demiurge that coexists inside of you. And you are there, Christ. And to boil down the answer to the question on the table this week, the answer is free will. It was the free will of the Logos to do that, to fall, to overreach and to fall. It's not possible for the Son or the Father to act against its own nature. Free will is an inherent and integral part of consciousness. It comes from the Father. It comes from the Son. It comes down through the Pleroma. The Pleroma may sit in harmony and dream and act as one, always giving glory to God, but they're doing so because they want to. It's free will. So there was no way to stop Logos from falling. And this material cosmos is the result of the fall. It's the result of the separation of the knowledge of the eon who fell from the ethereal spirit that powers the hierarchy of God. There's no way to erase that knowledge. So this is the inevitable result. This is the economy. And there will be a final economy. The final economy is a kind of a hybrid between our second economy and paradise. And it then becomes the third economy. That would be the, not bodily resurrection, but more like dream state. It's more like the transpersonal consciousness, but with all of the enjoyments we learn down here in our corporeal state. But none of the bad enjoyments, only the good, loving, joyful parts. And it is just as important to realize that we have free will. Don't let anybody talk you out of the idea that you have free will. The Demiurge doesn't grant free will to his Pleroma, and anyone who follows the Demiurge does not have free will to the extent that he surrenders his free will to the uh, plans of the Demiurge. But if you are walking with God, if you are walking in righteousness, then you really do have free will. So to wrap it up, Logos fell because it had free will to do so. We aren't to blame Logos for overreaching and falling because it was a necessary step in order to bring about an economy which was to come. And that economy for now is this material cosmos. But the final economy, which is to come, one more step, and that's after this material creation is over and it rolls up and that won't happen until the demiurge is fully redeemed. What I imagine is going to happen is that uh, much like traditional Christianity anticipates there will be a real degradation of quality of life, let's put it that way, in the last days. A lot of us kind of have that feeling that is possibly happening right now, although things could get a lot worse. But our current history seems to be heading in the direction of an increasingly darker and more restricted future. In other words, more in the control of the Demiurge. And so people will become less and less enamored 
of this material world. You will not give up your attraction to this cosmos or to the demiurge and the archons that you play with until you finally realize this is really crappy down here. This is no good. I don't want to be down here anymore. I want to go home. I want to return to the hierarchy of God. I want to go to paradise. And when you have that reorientation from the world to paradise above, but you do it in a, in a blessed way, not in a, so I'm going to kill everybody down here and then I'll go to paradise. That isn't the way of the Lord. That isn't the way of the Father. We don't fight with swords and guns. We cannot persuade the Demiurge to give up its control of the material until there will be a tipping point when so many people are down here in the world and see it for what it is and realize that this isn't any good. I don't like it here. And then you have to take that extra step to embrace the Father, to remember the Father and the Pleroma above. And once you do that, then you are opening up to the gnosis that comes from above. And it's only through the gnosis and through the loving power of the Christ to redeem and to set things straight that we ourselves, each one of us individual second-order powers, we can give it up down here and we can embrace the love of the Father and the love of the Christ and start to love our own bodies and treat ourselves well and then love our neighbors and treat them well and hold hands according to the golden rule and reach out and help each other with love and knowledge and assistance to build a better world. And at the end of the days, that better world is the economy that is still to come. That is the third economy, which we have a foretaste of in our anticipation of heaven. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Onward and upward, and God bless.